So here we are in Austin Airport. I think it's Austin Airport. I hope it's not Austria or Australia. So I'm sitting in a somewhere in Europe and I'm thinking of moving my family to Austin, Texas. What's the process? The US is a massive market, huge. I mean, 330 million people live there. We just don't have that in Europe. If you want to do business on that scale in Europe, you have to deal with 10 different countries, 10 different languages. It's very complicated, time-consuming, expensive. You're listening to Move Your Business to the United States with me, your host, Kevin Turley. Yeah, so this is um, Outdoor World, like a big uh, outdoor shop. And it's nine o'clock in the morning, so they open at nine. We are the first ones in. Now, you can't go to Texas and not buy a cowboy hat. So Sebastian took me to a local store that was brimful of all any cowboy or cowgirl could ever want. They sell everything, you know, from boats, um, fishing gear, weapons, camping stuff. I'm, I'm just going to describe Sebastian for our listeners and the outdoors. Because this shop is like something out of a movie set. It's got this huge kind of wooden facade at the start with, with antlers uh, and uh, American flags, Texas flags. I mean, it looks like something out of the Wild West. Is the outdoor life in Texas a big draw, would you say, Sebastian? Very big, yeah. I mean, hunting is very big, you know? Yeah. Hunting, camping, uh, fishing. The point is, of course, that people in the United States typically don't have uh, holidays, you know? They don't have paid, paid vacation time. So they are very much into local activities in their free time, you know? Right. They might go to a state park for a weekend, you know, they might go fishing for a weekend, they might go hunting for a weekend, that's a really, so that's very big. Yeah. That's a really interesting point, what I want to ask you about, because one of the things that a lot of people, Europeans, are put off about the United States is this idea that nobody in the United States has a holiday. They yes. have like two weeks off a year, and uh, that's it. Most people don't have any time off a year. There's no law here that would require an employer to give you time off, so most small employers don't give any time off. So how does that work? Well, they just work their work every day, except at the weekend. So does that make them live for the weekend a bit more than even we do in Europe? Yeah, yeah, sure. And they, they make more use of it, maybe? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, their idea of a weekend wouldn't be sitting in front of, in front of the television with a couch. No, you would be surprised. A lot of people do that too, you know? Really? So, yeah. Wow. But yeah, typically in bigger companies, like in, in um, you know, um, like say software companies, the big technology companies, of course, then they have holidays there. But I know a friend who works at Apple in a good position. He has only seven days paid leave a year, you know? Really? Seven yeah. days? Yeah. My goodness. Before we go in here, um, this is the, this is, we're in this sort of one of these American parking lot kind of mall places. And this is another huge emporium. So this is for cowboy supplies, hats, jeans, boots. We're going to go in this now because so, we need to buy a couple of So things. if I want to become a cowboy, I've got to go to a place like this and yeah, get kitted exactly. out. OK, let's go. Let's go and kit you out, guys. Walking into the store was the equivalent of an Aladdin's cave for any prospective Texan. Hats, boots, belts, yep, everything you ever needed, except a real live horse. There's the boot section. I've never seen as many cowboy boots in my life. So which one, which one would you, uh, which one would you like? Oh, it's got to be these what ones. What about those here, you know? It's, it's got to be these uh, ones. Alligator. Look at these ones. Alligator leather, yeah. Really? Yeah. They're not, oh, not cheap. Like, they're you know? not cheap. Wow. No, 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 they're not cheap. Well, the, the, the real cowboy boot is like a flat, um, you know, a flat tip, not a pointy tip, because if, if you think about it, you know, a work boot, a pointy tip is not really useful for a work boot. So how much does the average um, cowboy boot cost? Well, I'd say two, three hundred. Two, three hundred dollars, which is what, about 150 pounds? No, yeah. two, three hundred, 250 pounds. 250 pounds, yeah, wow. Yeah. While the Europeans were working out what was what, 
On the horizon, the cavalry appeared in the shape of the ever-helpful salesman, Mark. Where are you from? Well, we've, we've come from London. Oh, OK. Yeah, so this is men's here. On the other side is all the women's. So you've got more over there. Oh, yeah. Jeez. And we have in the corner, we've got kids. And then over that corner, we have casual shoes and work boots. You know, is this the way Texans buy, or is it people who come to Texas on holiday and they buy these things? Is it like, do Texans wear these things? Oh, yeah. Standard issue? Huh? Everybody, there's, whether they own a ranch or they work on a ranch or they just go dancing, just want to do it to do it, do it, and then people are coming here for work boots. Steel toes, not steel toes, you got to have them to work. Yeah, it's amazing. Some places won't even let you on the job site if you don't have them. How much do the hats cost? Pins, we've got all the way down from $60 to, up in the case I have, 560 $560. And they can get more expensive than that. And, and what's, what do you look for in a hat? Quality. Quality. Way it fits, style. But do, you, do you have hats for extra large heads? Huh? Because I've got a big head. I've actually seen bigger. Have you? Uh-huh. Well, that's saying something. I could never find a hat in London. I have hats if you want to look at them. Even oh, small hats, not like normal cowboy hats. I wouldn't mind looking at them. The Bulls are kicking up their heels. Cowboy. He can't. His glove is stuck. Walk. Do not run to the nearest exit. Oh, yeah? Now, somebody told me there's a difference between a straw hat and the other one, a different season. Is that yes. right? Yes. So, right now, we're in felt season. Why? So Tell me, go... what's that? Why is that? Yeah, a felt hat's a little bit warmer. It's pretty warm at the moment, gee. Oh, yeah, so usually the switchover is usually a big difference. So right. Labor Day is when we switch to felt season, but it's it's still warm, so a lot of people still wear the straws. But when we switch to straw season, it's still cold, so some people still wear the felts. So what, where's the big-headed big hats, you know, for big heads? So we have them, so all these just come with bigger sizes. Gotcha. And the buckle will always go on the left. If there's not one that you can notice, there's a ribbon in the back that'll go into the back of the Okay. And is, is this an LBJ? Uh, that is one of the LBJs. So you're going to buy a hat, Kevin? <laughs> now, it, now it's the felt hat season, right? Yeah, I, I, this gentleman was telling me all about it. Yeah, that looks, yeah that, exactly. That looks pretty good, actually. Right. So let's get Kevin a cowboy hat. Do you get the horse with the hat, or does that come separate? <laughs> you sell stick horses if you like. <laughs> That's about as good as I need, you know? Well, that looks really good. Do you think, does that fit? It's a little bit, but maybe it's supposed to be just a little bit tight. You want it to be uh, snug in front of your head, snug. but it stays loose enough. It's not going to give you a headache. Will it? Will it expand a little bit It'll with your head? It'll kind of to your head with sweat and just with wear. Well, can I see it in there, man? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wow, that looks amazing. I, I feel like a cowboy now. Tell me about the etiquette, Mark. So, part of it is uh, take it off when you go to church. Yep, of course. Take it off when you're at the dinner table. Of course. Or in your own home. Yeah. Um, it's a sign of, sign of respect. So if of you course. go to somebody else's home, you can take it off as well. Um, if you're going to shake a woman's hand, take your hat off before you shake their hand. That's wonderful. Um, if you're going Gallant. to store it, store it on the crown or on a uh, hat holder. You don't take it off when you meet another man, though? No. Okay. No. Very good. Ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much. Absolutely. And thanks for showing us around. Mark, cheers. Thank you very much. Very nice to meet you. Good manners make good first impressions. 
And because your manners are showing all the time, they have a lot to do with how well people like you. Everywhere you go, your manners are with you, and they leave their mark. They help you feel sure of yourself, too, and they make an impression on people, on everyone you meet. Hi, you're listening to Move Your Business to the United States. Just a quick word from our sponsors, Mount Bonnell Advisors. The people there have been advising clients on moving stateside for years. For all your needs, both business and practical, head over to mountbonnell.com to find out more. Thanks for listening. Having just left the store with cowboy hat on my head, it was time to walk tall on the streets of Georgetown. So, Sebastian, um, you've brought me to Georgetown. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is in the northern suburbs of Austin. We're about, what, 10 miles outside Austin? Yeah, I would say probably 20 miles outside Austin, yeah. Now, am I right in thinking you lived in this area? I did live here, yeah. So when I moved back to the United States in 2016, I moved uh, to Georgetown um, because we found a nice house here. And how did you find it? Oh, I loved it. I mean, it was great. My children uh, really liked it. You know, there are lots of nice bars and restaurants. Yeah, it looks it looks like what I think America should look like, you know, small town America. It's very Texan, you know, there are lots of uh, uh, Texan small towns that look like this. We would see a few more. But you know what? It's also very green. This is the thing I keep getting about Texas, yeah. you know, I mean, this part of Texas. It's, I thought it'd be like a desert, you know, like those Western films where you yeah. have a desert and you have a train stop and the, and the water tower. And the and tumbleweed rolling around. And the tumbleweed. <laughs> but it's nothing like it. I mean, no, no, tum I mean, no tumbleweed at all. Especially here, they have lots of pecan trees, you know, lots of oak trees, old trees, you know, that are maybe several hundred yeah, years well, old. This is a lovely old church here. You want to have a look inside? It's open. Yeah, it's open. Let's go in and have Let's a look. look inside. What does an American church look like? Eighteen eighty-one. Eighteen eighty-one. Wow. Hiya. Hi there. Welcome. How are y'all? Very well, thank you. Good. That's a very nice church. I said this is like you know that film. What was it called? Uh, Back to the Future. Do you, oh, know, yes. you, know, you know the square? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did they film it here? Marty. Yeah. No. Marty. So Should this is the it? way that uh, um, Europeans think small town America looks like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now. Um, We've been driving on the Interstate 35, and we, I can tell you that most of America does not look like this, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so, sorry we had to do 35, too. No, listen, 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 it was good, because when I got here, I thought, wow, this is nice. It's, very, it's a sweet place. Uh, so we uh, rent it from the city. Yeah. We are Preservation Georgetown. Uh, we recently rebranded to be called Preservation, but before that, we were called the Georgetown Heritage Society. And um, back in the 70s, the small square that's so delightful now mm. was run down broken down really closed up and these ladies got together formed the society to bring up the square and the historic district 
Mm-hmm. To make it well, nice. Well, you've done a so, fantastic uh, job. Yeah, right? they, yeah, old ladies can get stuff done. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, Just a couple of them. So, yeah, they, uh, they started all these events, um, cleaned, cleaned it up, partnered with the city uh, for a long-term plan to preserve things, and they did a great job. Well, listen, thank you very much. We're going to go and have a look around your... I'm yeah. dying to look around your square. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's darling, yes. I yeah. hope you enjoy it. I hope thank so, Thank you too. very much. On this side is the is the, the courthouse, and you will find the same concept or layout in a lot of Texas towns. Um, so that the the courthouse is very of very imposing architecture for a small town like this, and is a very prominent position, and everything is kind of um, arranged around the courthouse. And this is um, basically a symbol for civilization. You have to remember when those people came here. Those European settlers, there were sort of Comanche Indians here, and the courthouse represented civilization, civility, the rule of law. And this was very important as a representation of the, you know, um, United States yeah. as a, you know, as a republic and oh. um, as a state. Now listen, Sebastian, you got me worried. Are there any Comanches still around here? No, not now. Oh, They've all, all right. been kind of yeah. uh, eliminated. Okay. See, just on the point of law and. It strikes me as a very safe place. I mean, people's cars are all nicely parked and... Oh, it's very safe. So, so you have to remember, like, um, the European settlers came to Texas, many Germans from other countries, in the, around the 1850s. And this is when many of these houses here right. were built. Um, you know, these are original shops that were built in the 1850s. And they're always... It's well, why, 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 why the 1850s? What's significant about the 1850s? Well, there were lots of events going on in Europe back then. For example, in Germany, there was a failed revolution, 1848, and a lot of Germans had to leave the country to avoid prosecution. Really? So a lot of Germans came to Texas then. Can you see traces of this sort of German, either in the architecture or... In Not in the, the architecture, but in the names. Yeah, the names, totally. Yeah, yeah, the names, <laughs> yeah. totally. We in America are immigrants or the children of immigrants. We are one people, but a people welded from many nations and races. People who came to America during a vast migration from Europe to other parts of the world. In this migration, millions of Europeans left their homelands to settle in new countries across the seas. Almost two thirds of them came to the United States. The era of the Great Migration from Europe began about 1820. During the following 70 years, immigrants came from Western and Northern Europe in growing numbers. The earliest waves brought people from Ireland and Great Britain, from Germany and nearby countries. Later, the Scandinavians joined the migration from the north and west of Europe. Today, these people of every nation and race have become Americans all, a people still diverse, but sharing common aspirations and drawn together in their common contribution of the skills and talents that have made America a great nation. Texas is full of surprises, and the biggest surprise of all was discovering about the state's German heritage. Sebastian took me to a beer keller in downtown Austin, 
to find out more. Kevin, so I wanted to show you something that exemplifies the German roots, you know, that are existing here in Austin, Texas. So this restaurant was opened in 1866. It's called Scholz, Scholz's Beer Garden. And they serve traditional German food, or I'd say rather Bavarian food. And how did you like it? How did you like the schnitzel? It was very nice. It, was, it felt very authentic German food. And the, the atmosphere here is, although it's Texas, it still feels quite European, middle European. And you didn't even know that there was such a thing as German pasta, right? I didn't. How I did do, you like it? I do know, and uh, I'm a fan. Yeah, it's great. Um, so there are lots of places like this in this area and around it. You know, like German beer gardens, German restaurants. Of course, it's all a bit nostalgic, you know. Um, and it's good fun for people to come here. Yeah, lots of um, possibilities to um, go to German restaurants. Yeah, it's, it's quite an eye-opener, actually. I didn't realize how Germanic this whole part of Texas was. Exactly. I mean, we have seen this now in various places, and there are places like Fredericksburg, New Braunfels, Bernie, which are all German names. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of German history here. There were like roads called Weimar and this sort of thing, you know, and it's all very German. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, Germans came in the 1850s, and um, since then, I guess they, 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 especially after the First World War, they tried to be a bit under the radar, you know, they didn't speak much German anymore. But there are still um, actually clubs of German-speaking Texans who meet up to, you know, regularly speak the language. So you hear German spoken quite regularly on the streets of Austin? I think that's a bit of an exaggeration, but yeah, I mean, you know, must be that many tourists, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot of German Texans are proud of the heritage and um, celebrate when they can. That's good. That's really good. Shall we take a look around? Let's do that. Have you yeah. seen the... the Beer in the middle? The massive Stein, yeah. Stein. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, the beers they serve are definitely very well-known German beers. Big breweries, Spaten, Hans Kanner Weissbier, Veltins. So this is all very German stuff. And what about the uh, construction? Is, does it remind you of a German beer keller? A little bit, I guess. Um, so this thing there, this says, Grüß Gott, tritt ein, bring Glück herein. It means welcome. Um, come in and bring luck with you. I'm not sure why they have a rabbit there knowing a carrot, but I mean, anyway, well, it has to do with luck, you know, who knows? Lucky poor. Yeah. And this says, das Leben besteht nicht nur Vergnügen, it means life is not all about fun. I think it's, well, I assume it's a quote, um, Baby by Bismarck, might be um, that he said that. He was a very serious character, Bismarck, so. Has he got a beer garden? It's got a beer You know, you wouldn't expect it when you come to Texas. I think that's that's the thing. You know, Actually, you would. This sort of thing, Sebastian, makes you and many Europeans feel at home that there's a rich European heritage to this part of Texas. Well, I mean, it certainly means that loads of Germans uh, came here since the 1850s and you know made a good life here. You know, many of them. So I think there's a reason for this, and I think even today this place is uh, still attractive. You know? And where, where exactly in Austin are we? Well, this is pretty much um, downtown Austin. I mean, all the government buildings, Congress is just on the other side here. So yeah, we are very close. We're very much downtown. So this is a good location for anyone to come who wants some German nostalgia, beers, and uh, a good time. And so would this be a place that German tourists would come quite a lot to? I don't think really German tourists, but I think more like you know Americans who want to experience some sort of German 
the real German. Well, I have German heritage, maybe. Yeah, and I think it's a good place for watching, uh, for watching, you know, football games. Yes. You know, so I think um, um, it, it's more. I think um, Americans want to watch a, a football game and having a good time in a bar with colleagues, for example. Really, Austin's got everything you need, hasn't it? Mm. Football, football, and beer. <laughs> okay, so uh, listen, you're going to take me to an Irish pub soon. Let's do that. Next trip. Let's go. Next okay. trip. Okay. Next time on Move Your Business to the United States. Entrepreneurs have a different story. They go and they follow a burning desire in their gut. And whatever it is they're trying to create, they put everything into it and spend five, 10 years eating ramen noodles, but at the end of the day, they truly create a life that is more stable for themselves and a life that's happier because they're following their passion. You've been listening to Move Your Business to the United States with me, Kevin Turley. A huge thanks to my producer, Emmett Glynn, who produced this podcast for Mount Bonnell Media. To find out more, go to mountbonnell.com. And remember, dream big, Dream America.